lead her every day, living for messy action. This is the Lifestyle Leadership Podcast for women who want to be the best version of themselves while making an impact. And who are willing to take messy and perfect action to get there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Dr. Tay. And we are here to guide and empower you to lead yourself every day. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, on today's episode, we are actually going to talk about mental health. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we think that it is so important to actually dedicate one of our episodes to diving into this. The reality of it is, is mental health is a part of being a leader. And when Taylor and I started talking about this podcast and our vision for it, I wanted it to be something that I couldn't find. And I think this fits in perfectly to that situation of like, we were looking for something. I was looking for something on leadership and I couldn't find one that encompassed all like the human elements of being a leader because that, I mean, you're a person, right? And mental health is one part of that. Absolutely. And this episode really is for you today. This is less focused on leadership and like Jordan just said, this is a huge part of leadership is you need to make sure you are taking care of yourself. And we want to start to help you to realize that your mental health is part of taking care of yourself. Um, One little quick disclaimer, every episode you hear a disclaimer from me. I am a clinical psychologist. This is my background and this podcast, nor anything we share like on our social media channels are ever to be taken as clinical advice. Um, And so I just really want to emphasize that today and also normalize the thought of getting help, of going to therapy, of talking to your primary care physician about medication, about what your next steps are in terms of kind of being able to work through your mental health. There is no shame in needing that external support. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into the episode and we're going to start off with really defining what is mental health. So the definition of mental health would be the psychological and emotional well-being. And you know, we want you guys to think about mental health without any stigma because the reality of it is is you have your physical health, you have your social health, your spiritual health, and you have your mental health and it really is just another element of your well-being as a person. Yeah. And I think so often we hear the word mental health and our mind automatically goes to disorder. Um, And I want to really quick address the difference between what is mental health in terms of those diagnosable disorders, as well as this more broad framework about your mental well-being. So you can have anxiety, for example, And you also can have anxiety at a clinically significant level. And so what makes it a disorder is does it meet diagnostic criteria as laid out by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual? Um, And so there's a lot of like requirements to what makes a, a disorder in terms of your mental health. And you also can still struggle without having a diagnosable disorder. And this is where we're going to talk a lot about being proactive today um, to be able to support yourself. So even if you are in a season where maybe you feel good and you feel like 
things are going well and you're accomplishing what you want, still having your mental health be part of your everyday routines and practices is really, really essential. We want to also touch on the fact here that you're not alone if you struggle with mental health, whether it's on that, you know, mental health well-being level, or it's on that more disorder and illness scale, um, you're not alone. So we're going to run through some statistics that we found to give you guys a better picture of how many people that, you know, you're surrounding yourself with too, are actually likely struggling with mental health. Absolutely. And these are stats from reputable sources, sources that we know study mental health disorders and prevalence and all of that. Keeping in mind that the stats I am about to share are diagnosed disorders. So there are even more people that maybe don't meet this criteria, but are still feeling challenged with their mental health. So in 2020, this was a lot pre-pandemic, about one in five individuals had a diagnosable anxiety disorder. So one in five. Imagine, think about people in your life, right? That puts it into context. And that's about 19%. And another 8%, you know, meet diagnostic criteria for depression each year. Additionally, what we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic is there has actually worldwide been a 25% increase in anxiety and depression. So not only was it already relatively prevalent, we are seeing this increase. I also want to touch on suicide. Um, This is something that often is not addressed as openly, um, but thoughts about suicide, about wanting to die, wanting to kill yourself. So suicidal thoughts or ideation is common as well. Um, We know from, you know, statistics that have been published in 18 to 25 year olds, about 11% of individuals have thoughts of suicide and about 5.3% of individuals between the ages of 26 to 49 also have thoughts of suicide. And so I share that today and we share that today unified together because it is so important. There are so many people that are suffering in silence, whether it's related to suicide, anxiety, depression, other diagnostic disorders, mental health disorders. And just know that these are situations where you can work with a therapist to be able to get some reduction in that impairment or in the ways that's impacting you or the ways that you're struggling. Absolutely. And there, I just want to reiterate what she said. There is literally no shame in seeking help, whether you're, you know, seeking that from a friend or a licensed therapist, there's no shame in raising your hand and saying, Hey, I can't do this on my own right now. I mean, I've been there. I've seen a therapist. That's why they're there. That's why there is a job of therapy because people need people. Absolutely. And as a therapist myself, we are trained to hold space for you, to give you that space, to be able to process through things that sometimes you cannot share with other people, as well as giving you tips and strategies that we know from research work to reduce some of those symptoms. Um, So absolutely, like Jordan's saying, there is no shame in seeking treatment. 
One other stat that I want to share before we start to dive more in is about the postpartum period. So about 80% of women experience baby blues after giving birth. And so we know that that is quite frequent. And then what we also know is up to 27% of women will continue to experience clinically significant psychological symptoms. So what do I mean by that? So basically it's the baby blues period, which there is part of that adjustment, your hormones are raging, there's a lot going on, but that we know that some women move into postpartum anxiety, depression, OCD, psychosis, you know, a large range of different ways that these mental health disorders can show up in that postpartum period. I wanted to make sure Taylor and I included that in there specifically, because y'all know that one hits home to me in my life right now. But I think that in a lot of this, like so many people talk about the good side of motherhood and the beautiful side of becoming a parent and becoming a mom. And there was literally one person in my life that told me about baby blues and it was my mom. And had she not given me that space, that grace, and that kind of warning, I probably would have thought like, what is wrong with me? So there's nothing wrong with you. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not going to go into the whole picture of social media on this episode, but I do want to point out, I do think there has been a recent push of people showing up on social media and talking about this and being more open with their experiences, which is also, you know, some of what has inspired us to be open as well and do this episode. There's nothing like scrolling on social media and thinking she gets it. Like I'm not alone, you know, that's connection at its finest. Okay. So we're going to move on. Um, why is mental health important? So we want to touch on this in general. Why is it important in general? And why is it important to you as a leader? And like we touched on in the beginning, mental health is health. Like it is wellness, just like your physical wellness. You focus on your physical wellness to be the best you and to be the best leader. You focus on your social wellness, your spiritual wellness. Um, you know, there's so many different areas that make up you and mental health is an area of health that should be focused on and prioritized and prioritized just as frequently as you focus on all of these other aspects of your health. I mean, I have been very convicted of how important this is, especially in the past six months. I always thought, you know, I have this like very go, go, go mentality and, you know, just like sleep when you're dead, like (laughs) type of person. And I always thought that mental health and mental wellness was just like, well, I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm not depressed. Like, yeah, I might have a little bit of anxiety, but like, I don't really need to worry about that. And It wasn't until in the past like six months, I woke up with like debilitating anxiety postpartum when I was going back to work and I was sick of it. I was so sick of starting my week on Monday with these blues that I actually started to realize like mental health and mindfulness should be a part of my daily routine. And if it's not, you're going to see that more grand effect of the like, you know, the downfall, it's like the downfall of not focusing on your physical health. You're going to see that more in the end of a negative impact. If you don't prioritize it, than you would, if you would just take the time to, you know, prioritize it in routines throughout your day. Yeah. Thanks Jordan so much for sharing your story. I know that can be challenging to be that vulnerable and your story is like so many women's stories that I have heard sitting with them and holding this space as, you know, a 
a psychologist or even sometimes in my coaching capacity, you know, people reflecting on their past and what they've gone through. And so I know that there are women right now listening to this that relate to your story so incredibly much and you're not alone. And some of it is then learning how to recognize some of these early warning signs, so to speak. And it doesn't feel like it in the moment. It's so easy to be like, I'm okay. I've got this. Let's push through because our society has trained us that we push through that feeling our emotions is like this gushy woo woo stuff. And it's not because as humans, we all have emotions. And what happens when we push them off to the side, they stay there. They don't disappear and they slowly add up. And so this is what often happens. People seek support um, in different ways. Once it's hit that, it's like that point of like almost no return where it's like, I need help you know, I can't do this. Um, And I know it's so hard to sometimes recognize in yourself that you need help now, maybe before it gets to that point, it feels scary. You feel weak doing it. And I just want to remind you that so many women, just like Jordan have gotten to this point where they push it off until they have to face it. And so this is this aspect of being proactive versus reactive. And one other thing I want to add, if you are in that space right now, you're listening to this and you're like, I've hit that point of no return and I need to be reactive, that that's okay too. Bravo still to you because that's huge. And again, I just want to reiterate, if you are, you know, someone who invests in a lot of like personal development and leadership already, that's wonderful, but you can choose the narrative that you believe. And if you are being fed that go, 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 don't stop, you know, don't, don't worry, push your emotions. Like if you're being fed that, that is not truth. And like, you have the authority to be a leader and really prioritize growth and leadership and also be very aware of your mental health and prioritize it too. Yeah. Our culture really sets us up in this way that that teaching that go, go, go mentality is is just more normal than talking about pausing for your mental health. Uh, I cannot remember if I actually shared this on an episode, but Jordan and I have talked about it in some of our brainstorming sessions, but think back to childhood. And I don't know how many of you guys remember this quote, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that right there. um, And we have an episode that we will talk about emotional suppression. So you might hear this later. And at the same point, like that's teaching us to suppress our emotions, that your feelings aren't allowed to be hurt, that you're not allowed to feel sad, you know, and those are feelings that when we let them out, not necessarily that we can fully prevent depression. That is not what I'm saying, but if we can be proactive and responding to some of our sad mood or our down mood or feeling irritable, that is going to go a long way in serving you. Yeah. Taylor mentioned when we were brainstorming this episode, she used the word toolkit, which I absolutely love because you can have things that are in your routine, like sunshine and supplements and water and food, but you can also have things in your routine, like a therapist, you know, and medication that is all your toolkit for mental health. 
Yeah. And one other point, I think we're going to talk about some mental practices, really dive into that. But I think I've said this time and time again, I, you will continue to hear it on this podcast because I think it's such an important part of how we function and also what I believe. Um, and I know Jordan aligns with this too, is that thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all highly interconnected. So when you are not feeling your best, you know, naturally you're going to have thoughts pop up that are going to reinforce that feeling. So if you're already feeling irritable, like due to anxiety, and then you're, you're in that state, you're more susceptible than to having those worry thoughts and those worry thoughts feel more real. And then your behavior might be that you're avoiding something or that you're spending more time worrying than taking action. That's just one of so many examples of how these are so, so interconnected and your feelings are at the core of all of that. And your feelings are exactly what mental health is about. Okay. So we wanted to share with you guys some tangible ways that we prioritize mental wellness uh, practices in our daily routine. Now, like we've said in other episodes, this isn't one of those things where you can look and look or hear and just implement it yourself and copy it verbatim. But we just want to let you know and give you like a tangible picture of this is something that you can practice every day, just like you practice routines for your physical health. We do certain things for our mental health daily as well. Yeah. So I think one of the things I actually, as we're recording this episode, I had a day today. And one of the things I had a little bit of a personal aha is that working out, I've always known this is a great like regulation strategy for me, like being able to physically exert that energy and work through the emotions that way. But that feeds my body and that feeds more of the external aspect of regulation. But one of the things I had this aha today I was kind of honestly on edge and in this go, go, go mentality and just like not feeling aligned with myself is I went back to what do I need to do for my mind right now? And to really ground myself in the moment, in the present. Um, And so one of the strategies that I use and I want to share with you all like, and this is us not, we have no sponsorship for this or anything. It's just apps and resources that we love, but it's called the Think Up app. And what was really cool is what you do is you can record things like affirmations or reminders, or I recorded single words describing how I want to be. And I did that in my most optimal state. So I didn't do that when I was in an already like irritable or kind of anxious type mood or feeling down again, because we all have those days, but your optimal state. And then I go back and I listen to that recording and it's cool. It puts music with it and it just grounds me. And I think that is some of the practice that becomes really, really important is asking yourself, what are you doing that is for your mind? And this is one of my like go-to things that I've been doing recently. I also love, you know, meditation or mindfulness practices. Like for a while there, I was literally going on podcasts and searching like meditation and I would find different resources or like the calm app is another really great one. Um, And sometimes I'll just use that to regulate. Now I do want to point out just very quickly With these practices, sometimes people want them to work instantaneously. Like you're in a bad mood. It's like, okay, this just needs to work. 
It's a practice in the sense that you might not respond to it right away. It might take time. And the more that you can incorporate it proactively in your day-to-day, the more you're going to be able to respond to it when you are kind of more at that peak emotion. Yeah. And this goes back to that, you know, proactive routine versus waiting until it's a, it's a big problem, you know, to figure out what your tools are in your toolkit. I love that you mentioned the Calm app because one of the big things I've been doing lately is like actually learning the definition of presence and mindfulness and practicing it. And the person who writes the book I'm reading is Jay Shetty. And he actually is the founder of the Calm app. I just found that out. No way. I So funny little tie there, but I, you know, like I just said, I really, for my mental health practices, I have been leaning into mindfulness and like true, we hear mindfulness tossed around a lot and I would like never really know what it means. I just felt like I had to, you know, just be calm, but mindfulness is actually a practice. And so learning the true definition of being present and allowing your mind to be present, that aspect of mindfulness has been a game changer that I've been trying to practice, kind of like flex that muscle daily. And then of course, some things Taylor mentioned are the same for me, like sunshine. If it's sunny, I'm trying to get outside. You know, I know that that makes my mood better, what I eat, you know, water, all of those things. But there's also been seasons of my life where that wasn't enough. There's been seasons of my life where I, you know, have gone to therapy and I've gone to therapy even when I really, I honestly didn't even have a huge problem in my life. I just felt like what I was doing wasn't enough and going was so impactful. And I still think about the things that she said to me then as I go through my days today. So even if, you know, you can go through seasons, there may be seasons where what you're doing in your daily routine is working so well for you and kind of setting that foundation. And there may be seasons where you might need to go to that next level and both are okay. So we just want to make sure that if you're listening to this and you are sitting there thinking, I need to go to that next level. I need to add another tool to my toolkit. One, please do it. Okay. And if you're struggling, there are some resources that Taylor is going to walk you through that could be of help to you. So one of my go-tos that I really love, if you want to find a therapist local to your area, one thing to keep in mind is the state that you're living in, pretty much that therapist has to be licensed in that state. But a great resource is psychologytoday.com. You can go on and you can put in the criteria of what type of therapist you're looking for, what challenges you're having, what your identity is, all of that. And you literally can find therapists that are going to specialize in that. So that is a great, great resource. If you know you want to be completely telehealth-based or have like texting or messaging capabilities with your therapist, there are apps that have really taken off. So things like BetterHelp, Talkspace, and Cerebral. So you can also look those up as well. One other piece I want to just acknowledge that sometimes limits people to presenting to therapy. And we talked about it today. You know, you think mental health, diagnosable disorder, you might be going, well, I don't think I have a diagnosable disorder. Is therapy right for me? Should I even be going to therapy? Some of it is you won't fully know 
until you go sit in front of a therapist and they will tell you if they are a good fit for you or not. The other aspect is, and this is hard sometimes, there's terminology thrown around, but therapy versus counseling. Um, There's also many different types of therapy. And so that can be helpful. That's where putting in on psychology today can be helpful, putting in your search or even just calling up an office and saying, this is what, you know, I'm looking for. Do you have any therapists that fit that? And some therapists are going to use more what is called talk therapy or just kind of providing you a space that sometimes can also fall under the counseling umbrella. And then other therapies are going to be what we call evidence-based therapies, which means they have been researched and studied to treat specific disorders. Some of them are across disorders, but like cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT might be one you commonly have heard of that we know is really effective for things like anxiety and depression. So I share that for your education and to give you the caveat of trying not to classify yourself. Like, do I have a diagnosable disorder? Am I appropriate for therapy? Go consult a therapist and see The other thing is if you present to a therapist and you're like, we are not vibing, I do not feel like they get me, you are allowed to interview therapists, you are allowed to switch therapists, you are allowed to even say to them, like, I don't feel like this is the best fit. Is there anyone that you can recommend? So I've heard this before people saying I've tried therapy, it doesn't work. It probably was a compatibility issue between you and the therapist. So always, you know, realizing you can shift. This is a great time. You can go back to your primary care physician, or you can start with your primary care physician too, and say, who do you recommend in the area? We are almost done with this episode, but we want to leave you with tangible steps to apply this. We are all about taking messy action, and we would encourage you to embrace that with us. Here's this week's takeaway. It's a little bit less action oriented and more reflective. We really encourage you guys to do a self check-in. So think through where you are in your mental health journey, reflect on things you might be struggling with in the past and the present and what you can incorporate during your day to be proactive as a routine, or even just be honest during that time and that space for yourself whether or not you need to take the initiative for that next level. Yeah. Some of this then is also thinking about basically what we're encouraging you to do is hold a mirror up for yourself and asking yourself, what do I need? And so thinking about how you can be proactive and take initiative if you need to, to get that help and support. So it's just a practice of asking yourself, doing that check-in of what do I really need right now? And how am I going to best serve myself? We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and that you really are able to give yourself some time and space and spend energy reflecting on what mental health means to you and how you're prioritizing it in your day. We also want you to know that you are not alone. So many people are in your situation and we are sharing this. Yes, because of, you know, May being Mental Health Awareness Month. And this is near and dear to both of our hearts that, you know, you're not alone and that there are so many resources out there that can help you. We will see y'all next time. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We love when you share your imperfect but impactful progress with us on social media. 
We've linked our Instagram lead her dot every day in the show notes. So you can tag us. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. Hit subscribe to stay up to date. See you next time.